When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Playing Out from the Back podcast. I'm your host, Sam Morgan. On a weekly basis, I'll be joined by my fellow hosts, Aaron and Moe. We'll be discussing the latest news around the popular world with zero filter. Be sure to like, subscribe and follow us on the usual social media platforms. Tune in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Playing Out from the Back. Um, the host, Sam Morgan. Am I the host? I'd say co-host <laughs> of one of the, of the of the trio that we've got. Um, but uh, yeah, we've, I've got Mo Spencer with me. Um, Aaron is is darling. I think Aaron's trying to duck me because like he, he came on when I wasn't here, so. Mate, I must, I must have upset him about something. I said on the last podcast, you guys got to get your act together. <laughs> if it's not one, it's the other. <laughs> Honestly. Have you but, ever seen us in the same room together, though, mate? No, you might be the same person. You might never know, mate. Be the same person. Who you knows? You never know. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's it, mate. Well, listen, um, I think... We, we do enough rent in between us, so I think it's quite good just to have one of us sometimes. Mm. And then you can you only have to mediate one of us, Mo. <laughs> you are the referee uh, but between all of us. Um, but I think we've got some... I know there's going to be a topic we're going to talk about that I cannot wait to hear your view on it, being an ex-defender yourself, because we are going to be talking about um, the tackling in the game, um, where it's at now. You know, as we look look at some of the red cards that have obviously come out, including bookings, uh, we'll look at the uh, Golden Boot race. The Premier League probably is going to have one of the best Golden Boot races out there with the talent that's, that's there. We cannot not talk about this. We have to have to have to go over that uh, with the players that are in there. Uh, we'll be discussing Oli and United as a whole, but you know, again, the topic comes up: is Oli the right man when we look about the result? they had in the Champions League you know is he the right guy to, to drive this crop of players forward and we're going to talk about our, obviously our local side Crystal Palace the start that they've had the, the business that they've done and, and obviously our, our, a fan favourite of ours I suppose is, is, is of uh, Patrick Vieira what he's been doing and the Tinker man 
and the man with all the facts, Rafa Benitez, what he's been doing at, at Everton, who have also had a, a, a good start as, as well. So um, let's start off with the golden boot race. I think this is going to be a good one. I'm sure a lot of people have a, a lot of talk for this. Um, Lukaku, Kane, Salah, Ronaldo, just to, just to name a few. My boy DCL, once he's back fit, can't not leave him out. So, hmm. where, where, where do you see it, bro? What's, do you can you put your hat on someone now, or are you just excited with with the talent that's that's in there in, in the Champions League, Champions League, or in the Premier League? Sorry, right now, mate. The people you said there, the people you said there, you didn't mention Jamie Vardy, always in and around as well. Yeah, um, that's another name that's always in and around, and Abayang, when he's on form, is generally in and around as well. So there's just Literally so many, so many names in and around that. But, I mean, the big names in the teams that would probably finish in the top four, you're looking at Salah, Ronaldo, Lukaku. Lukaku has come back uh, to the Premiership and he looks like, he looks like a more complete player. He looks more, more confident in himself. He looks more rounded. He looks like more of a leader. Um, and I obviously had Chelsea down to win the league very early, very early. We'd done a mm. podcast, I think, during the Euros. Um, and you asked me um, who I thought would win the league then, and I said Chelsea. And I, 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 envisaged, I envisaged them doing something like they, like they did uh, with Lukaku. They brought in Sal as well, and I know they wanted a defender, but I, I, I could just, I knew they wouldn't pass up the opportunity being so close. To um to to round off that squad, um, Lukaku looks like he's on his way already to to twenty plus goals um, mm. this season. He's looking frightening at the moment, um, and then you got obviously over at Manchester, you got um, Manchester United. You've got Ronaldo, who for me, a lot of the pundits were saying they can't see how. Or will he affect in the biggest games? And I think in those games, that's where he will have most of his effect. I think his ability to score a goal out of out of nothing is remarkable. Mm. Um, and we've already seen it already. He's got three goals already since he's been there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just think his ability to score goals, even when the team around him ain't necessarily playing well, is just remarkable. So... Um, so, you know, he's in with a shout, you know, Mr. Consistent Salah, always yeah. in and around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another one you can't really complain complain about his start to the season as well. A few goals, um, Liverpool looking strong. Um, and the only thing I think that stops Salah from being in and around is an injury, but he rarely gets injured. Yeah, he um, keeps himself in a good place, yeah. Yeah, that's a theme. I mean, that's a theme normally amongst you know, the golden boot or the, or, the, or the people around the golden boot, bar Harry Kane, is generally there's no injuries. I mean, Harry Kane doesn't start anyway until October, does he? <laughs> he, he, he? He seems to do that um, quite quite a lot, actually. He's a bit of a slow slow starter. But um, as I said, mate, at the, at the beginning, just generally exciting to see all these players. Like, I don't think I've been this excited to watch match of the day in a while, sort of seeing these players, seeing these teams that like, like fully stacked teams, man. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, listen, I, I say even with Tottenham, you know, knowing that, you know, Son's still got to come, come back into that as well. Like, 
you know, some great players on on show at the moment in the Premier League, and um, I, I can't I can't look past Ronaldo for some of those reasons you've just said. Mm. Even if they could lose ten one, I tell you, and I know who's got the one goal. You know, he's mm. he's always going to be there on that score sheet. I just don't, I don't. I'm going to put a bold shout out that I don't think he goes two games without scoring. Mm. He's that dangerous. He's that he is. He really Mm. is. I don't think he'll go two games without scoring. um, You know, for this season, they've got so much behind him as well. They've got so much more, so many more legs behind them or behind him that he may not have had at, at Juve now that I think they'll be able to create so many more chances for him, let alone the chances he'll create on his own. Mm. I think even um, the goal he put between uh, Woodman's legs. Great goal. Great. Great goal. Fir- the first touch was right. He ain't, no, there's players that, that, listen, there's other players that would probably still t- could take that chance as well, but there aren't many. And yeah. I think just people, a lot you said, a few pundits, oh, his pace, this, his pace. I'm like, what are you on about? You know, you know, you know that goal, the 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 goal he scored, yeah. the one you're talking about. Yeah. When I watched it, people were saying the goalkeeper should have done better, and but that that that's taken away from so much of what he did there. He deliberately did that with so yeah. much pace towards the goalie's feet that yeah. the goalie, in trying to adjust, couldn't get there. It was it was it was more intelligent play than goalkeeper mistake for sure. If you haven't been told as a striker to aim for feet, then you haven't been... For me, I don't think you've had the, someone in your ear because I think that was always what... When you shoot, you shoot at their feet because they can't get set. And mm. the thing is, he, he did it so early because I think he was probably still expecting something else. He kind of took that touch to get onto his left, in a sense, for it to come across body and bang. There was no... Mm. It was so fluent. I was just like, yeah, he's back. Like, he's mm. back in the Prem. Like, it, it's, it's mad, but... Um, it is so good to, to watch like that he's in there I know it's a pain that he's obviously at United I know that a few people are like oh god he's back but it is actually nice to, to watch you know you've, you've, got, you've got your Lukaku you know we lost we lost a great striker in Aguero out of the Prem right so it's yeah. quite good that we've replaced like not replacing him but we put in some, <laughs> some more firepower in the Prem like it just it'll never get dull um, that's the, that's the thing, and it's it's been it's been great. I know you mentioned Abamyang now. I think Abamyang will, will 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 always put goals up. I know there's been a bit of banter around that, but I think we can. I'm not going to sort of jump the bandwagon because we beat we beat Norwich, but it was clearer that the players returning and certain players being in there that he will get more chances and he'll be able to take those. I think he'll be able to take those chances a little bit, a little bit more. He's, he is a guy that is in the right place at the right time of Amiens. I will give him that as as well. So he, he can score, score you the worldies, but he can obviously score still the po- the poacher goals. So yeah, he'll, he'll be in around it. You know, you look at people like Danny Ings, you know, we'll still get those goals for, for Villa, but um the Edwards, uh, oh, can I can't, oh, can I can't say his surname. Edward Odoward, I, f- I think his name is at uh, at Joint Palace. Odson Edward. Odson Edward. There we go. I knew we'd get it somewhere. <laughs> I'll get it right somewhere somehow. I've been watching him at, at, at Celtic, and the goals he scored at Celtic weren't. He didn't score the goals because the league was a poor quality. He scored the goals because of his quality and knowing where the back of the net was, just generally and. I'm actually surprised 
at teams that did need a forward that didn't go in for him earlier. And I put Arsenal in that boat as well. Because there was he, he has got a lot of talent. I think with people like the likes of Conor Gallagher, we will get onto Palace a little bit more, but I think that this guy, he's one to, for me, he's a not I'm not saying he's gonna win the golden golden boot, but I tell you now he's one to watch for someone being up up in and around it for me. Um, I did. I did say. I, I, I thought the tier that he joined that being Palace. I, I just thought it would be the tier higher. I thought it might be like a an Everton or a Leicester or a, or a Leicester or a, mm. or a, or a West Ham even in Europe. I, yeah. I thought when he when he went in at Palace, fifteen million. I thought. I just thought that was just one tier lower than than the maybe he should have gone in at or he could okay. have gone in at. Or I do, thought do, he do you think? In. Do you think I think he's going to come and prove a point, and Palace will make a ton load of money off him? You could, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they will. I think I think they will. I think that's I think that's going to happen. And he's got no pressure. He's got to go up against Ben Teke, so he's got no pressure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he'll be playing week in week out, then, right? Oh, but it's, yeah, but it's it's not. I mean, listen, they've got strikers that have scored two goals in four years. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he hasn't got the pressure of going. Oh my God, this guy needs to score because you've got a guy that's been playing week in, week out that don't score goals. Yes, he does. It allows him to play a certain way. I'll give him that. But, it, come on, you're a striker. You've got to score goals. It's just as simple as that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to, we'll get on to Palace. We'll, we'll get on to Palace. And, um, but just going on the other side of the, uh, the coin here, we're talking about defending and tackling in this day and age. Is it got, is it gone, Mo? Are we, are we going to, I'm not talking where we need the, uh, the Vinnie Joneses, of our of our uh, era back, but of the era back. But do, do you think it's it's difficult to be a defender now? Um, what I will say is it's got better than it's much better than last season. So last season it was literally you blow someone, they go over, and it was a penalty or free kick. When, when, just to cut you, when Mo says to blow someone, he means blow the whistle on someone. For, <laughs> just for any other things there. I just want to know, keep, keep it PC. This is strictly football, guys, yeah? Mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I just, I think the, the league have made a conscious effort uh, or the referees have made a conscious effort to not, not give those little free kick. You know, the Kane specials where he waits for a little bit of... Um, a little bit of a touch from touch, from from yeah. Ireland, and then he goes down. I mean, I've seen them just play on from them. But what I will say is, I heard uh, one pundit talking about this, and I actually think it's quite true that in the Premier League, if your team's known as a, a hard, um, aggressive, you know, a Burnley type team, you get away with more anyway. And if your team's seen as a a team that doesn't do that. If one of your players does make a tackle that's maybe not, maybe just over the line, I think they get penalised a lot. So I think, I think, I just think that although the refereeing's got better, I still think there's still preferential treatment for some of the teams who mm. are known to just be hustle and bustle. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like, so I don't know. Yeah. It's got better this season, but I, I still think there's a. I just think there's a little bit of a bias. I've seen some red. Well, obviously, Xhaka's red card. I think, it weren't the worst tackle, and I've seen worse tackles this season, but that one got a red, which is just quite surprising for me. So, is it because 
Xhaka's got a name for himself for those tackles, and Arsenal's not really one of, you know, them these these teams that are known for hustle and bustle, hard tackles. So when Xhaka puts in these challenges, is the referee thinking, "Oh, that's a bad one"? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the only one. It's only one in the game, but it, it, it looks bad. It's a bad one. Whereas I see Burnley and your Leeds, Tarkovsky's one, yeah. and your and your and your and your Brentford even putting mm. in. Challenge after challenge, and I'm thinking, okay, you let that one go. All right, I like that, but it's got to be across the board. Yeah. If you see what I mean? It's consistency, mate. It doesn't matter what level of football. I say this all the time. It's consistency. And I think if you... The fact that there's cameras in all these games, the rest must be able to see it. And they obviously talk about certain decisions as well. So there needs to be a level of consistency because we're all able to see all of these games and see what's going on. So... You know, yes, it got better. You know, if certain things have got better. You looked at David Luiz's one when um, whoever it was, um, Jimenez or whoever it is that, you know, was running and hit David Luiz's knee with his running stance and they gave a penalty and sent him off. Okay, they've improved on that. But there's obviously these certain tackles like the follow-throughs. You, you know, we've seen the guy at Leeds obviously get sent off. You know, you've you seen what Jack has got sent off for. I talk about Tarkovsky's tackle on Richarlison. You know, I've seen some people go, oh, it's a great tackle. Maybe a few years ago. But mm. right now, that's the sending off. And he mm. walked away from it. Like, it's yeah. I'm like... That's what I mean. If it's, if if that tackle, if that tackle is a good tackle, if it's a good tackle all the time, then I'll go with it. Fine. But the, the, yeah. the issue is, is exactly what you're saying. It's a good tackle if football, if the whole of football's like that, but it can't be a good tackle because Burnley done it and not a good tackle if Pogba does it. Do you get what I mean? That, and that's what I feel happens. I think, like, that's just what I feel happens. I don't think it's fair across the board now um, in terms of in terms of those sort of challenges. Yeah, no, that's it. And that's, and that's why it's got, they've got to do something about it because it, it needs to just, we just need to know. Is that is that attack? Is that the right tackle? Is it not like so that <laughs> appeal process has got to be right? Because people people are even backing up with other footage of like, well, this is this tackle is exactly the same as as ours. He didn't get booked, or he didn't even you know he didn't even get a a card. It was waived play on or whatever it may be. Yet you're sending a man off exactly the same thing. They they have no they have nothing. They literally have nothing. We're seeing um, guys winning. I, I don't know why you just don't go to a, if you win the ball it's fine if you get ball first it's fine and are you in control basically for me I don't understand why it's changed because people going in with crunching tackles don't get me wrong crunching full pelt but are they in control and taking the ball yes but because of the follow through after hitting the ball and then wiping the man out they're getting they're getting booked or sent off I don't yeah how can you can't stop your momentum? Yeah, that's the thing. With the follow-through ones, they have to be done on a case-by-case basis and the ref should be going over to the monitor and looking at them because what we saw last season was sometimes the follow-through is deliberate. But a lot of the, a lot of the time, although the follow-through is bad, it's not deliberate. Do you see what I mean? It works the same as the handball. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. In terms of deliberate yeah. and, and not deliberate. It happens, but sometimes it's deliberate. Other times it isn't, and I think with the with the strong tackles in the follow through, I just think they, you know, that it's not happening every game, and I think that it should be done on a case by case basis. The ref should say stop the game, say I want to have a look at that tackle, 
go over to the monitor and have a look at the tackle or produce his card, then go and look at the monitor and adjust it accordingly, however he wants to do it. But I just think that they need to have a better look at these things. And a lot of time they need to look at them in real time because I think the slow-mo is, is making a lot of things look way, way, way worse than they are. Mm, yeah, 100%. No, it is. Something's, something's got to change. I'd like to hear other people's opinions if they think it's in the right place or, yeah, they like the improvements. But I think something needs to, yeah, there needs to be a bit more of a yeah, sort of clearer picture as to what a good tackle is and what's not. Because I don't think there's a consistency there to it. So we know, oh, yeah, that's, no, you know, we can't say, oh, that's no good. It's still, it's really become a really opinionated um, sort of subject now, which I'm not a not a big fan of. If I'm on, if I'm honest, um, when, when looking at it, because yeah, we, the, the Premier League's physical. Always is gonna, you know, always will be. So let's not make it. It comes. We're you know, we're gonna have to. Everything's on off. You know, everything needs to be on your feet. You know, no one wants to go to ground and stuff like that. You know, it's gonna have to gonna have to change it at, at some point for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, coming on to. Uh, the, the the weekend, mate, and uh, I'm sure obviously like people might value our opinion and get their get their things ready for for fantasy football. Is looking at the the weekend's games, um, starting off with uh, Friday's game. Um, do love that we get to have a bit of football on Friday. Uh, Newcastle against Leeds, mate. How, how do you how do you see that one faring out? I'm not. I can't look. At, I can't look any further than the Leeds win. Wait, no, no. Leeds haven't had a great start this season, but I mean they've had some tough games, and I think I think it pretty much matches what they got matching the results they got last season against the same teams. I don't think they've beaten a team that they've that they they've drawn to and lost to, and I think they drew with the same teams and lost to the same teams last season. Um, I'm actually going to this game. I'm in Newcastle this weekend. I'm going to this game, so. Um, Actually, Mate, you can't be going. You can't be going up to Newcastle. I'm going to Newcastle and saying that they're going to lose. Like you need yeah, to, you and need to be, be part of the team. In new, sitting in the Newcastle. You know the thing with Newcastle. Yeah, they're so they're so um, under they're, they're so underwhelming. Yeah, it's like it's like they don't do anything. You know, <laughs> they bought Willock for 25 million, but like. It's almost like they just sign him to say they've made a signing. They don't yeah, like exactly. ever have a good window. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, sign yeah. this defender on a free, this uh, winger, this strike. You know, they've they've strengthened the goalkeeper. They never have them windows, and it must be no so one's buying the sports direct mugs, mate. No one's mate. buying the. Right, <laughs> Sam. You see this season, yeah? I said. This was the season to go and pick up the bargains. Whether you're getting yeah. them on season-long loans whether you're getting them on free transfers or whether you're picking them up for half or a quarter of their actual transfer value. And even in this window, Newcastle went and done nothing. So shame on them. Um, I think Leeds will be all right. Eventually, when they get up to, you know, their normal speed and and they get Bamford scoring, they'll be all right. And I'll, in this game, I think I'll go for a, I think I'll go for a Leeds win. Narrowly, 2-1. Yeah, I think I think Newcastle score, um, but I think Leeds are, are going to take it to them. To be honest, I'm, I'm going to go three-one Leeds. Um, mm. I think the, there's a little bit of hangover from the Championship you know, Euros for, for them. You know, they play at such a high pace. Yeah, they're going to probably take a little bit of time to get in there because they probably had a, you know those extra weeks off, right? They're quite a few players probably away. I reckon. I imagine so. So, 
Um, yeah, I think it'll be taking take a bit of time. I'm actually intrigued by the um, the early kickoff on the Saturday, uh, 12:30 game um, that's on BT Sport. Wolves against uh, Brentford. I actually think this will be quite a good game um, to watch, and I think um, I actually have Brentford to, to take this one. I think this will be another three points for for Brentford. I don't. Wolves aren't in the best place. I just think this will be a, it will be a close game. Um, but I think I think Brentford edged this, and I think it's only going to be a one a one niller, and I, I'm going Brentford. What I will say about Wolves um, is they're creating a lot of chances um, and it just seems they ain't able to put them away. And in the games, I've watched I watched them against Manchester United and I've obviously watched Match of the Day and they are creating a lot. And the, the win at the weekend doesn't surprise me. The 2-0 win at, uh, at Watford doesn't surprise me. Um, I think they'll have a little bit too much for, for Brentford and I think Wolves win. Um, but what I will say is is a bit of a glaringly obvious thing for Wolves is that Jimenez isn't the same player. And I, I said, since his injury at Arsenal, I can't see a, a player of his attributes, you know, a big bustling centre-forward, wins headers, knock-ons. To have an injury like he had and then get back to top form, I, I just can't see how he's going to do it. Yeah. Um, and... You know, it's going to be important for Wolves. Although I think they'll be all right this season. It's going to be important for Wolves that he starts he starts scoring some goals because he's their main goal threat. Um, but yeah, in that game, I go for I go for Wolves definitely. Um, going Wolves, okay. Yeah, got a score on it or just going Wolves? Um, I'm going to go Wolves two nil. Two nil, okay. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, oh, I don't know. Where I'm going to... Burnley at Arsenal, mate. I'm going to... Go on. Give me your views, mate. I'll see if you change my mind on this one. I'm going to go two 0 Arsenal. Okay. Um, I saw a lot of positives against Norwich, although it was a one nil win. Um, I'd like to think that we continue that on um, going forward. Um, you're seeing a lot of improvements now with the players coming back. I think we go into the game against Burnley with a with a f- pretty much fully fit squad. I think we're missing Xhaka. Um, but I think with the movement and the quality that we have in those forward areas, I think we have enough to, to beat Burnley. Yeah. Um, they've not had a great start to the season and generally they're not fast starters. So um, haven't made many signings this season. So it's pretty much the same Burnley. And even when we went there last, last year and drew with them, we were playing quite terrible then. Um, we just we should have won four or five. Um, so for me, I'll go two nil, two nil Burnley. I think uh, Gabriel and Ben White with um, oh, what, the right back Tomiyasu, Tomiyasu are able to deal with that that aerial threat that that Burnley Burnley provide. And I think that we've got enough going forward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I- I think it's going to be tight. I just I think we'll get into a bit of a battle. I, I, I actually hope he doesn't play Jacker in this because I think he can get mixed up in maybe the physical battle will actually cause us a cause us a problem. I think maybe just have Partey in there for for that. I'd, I, I'm not I'm I'm not trying to say Jacker is completely unreliable, but I think he can be a bit of a with something like this. I just don't think this is the game you're playing in, if I'm honest. But um, uh, yeah, we looked a bit more sort of fluid, and I think we can. I've got Burnley to get relegated this year. I'm, I'm, the more I look at them, I just, 
I'm just like, nah, they, they're, they're, they're done. Their time is up. Their expiry date is, is done. And I think we need to, this is the time to go on the run. I think the, the, the Arsenal players will know this. Arteta will know this. And I think their, their tails will be up a little bit because that, they've got that, um, that bit off their back now. We've, we've obviously beaten Norwich, getting the three, three points, scoring a goal. I think this is the time to do it. I just think it will be closer. Um, again, I, I think 2-1. I'm still not convinced we'll have another clean sheet. Um, I still think there'll be something there. All I do like the look. I do think. I tell you what, clean sheet if Ramsdale plays. If not, two one. If he goes with Leno, um, mm. uh, with that for for me, um, big game for Palace. Um, away to to Liverpool with, with the cop. Um, as much as I like the improvements I'm seeing at Palace, I think Liverpool will be too strong for him. Um, I'm actually going to go free zip as well. Free free nil uh, Liverpool in this one. Where are you going, Mo? Yeah, pretty much same score. Um, I think um, this Palace team, although playing well, they play quite a similar s- sort of system and way to Liverpool. But Liverpool, obviously, the best here with a lot of quality. Um, and I think Palace will upset a few teams, especially at home. Um, and I know they've got quite a good record at Anfield, but that was playing a very certain way. Very deep, very uh, very counter counter attacking, mm-hmm. um, and they don't really play that way now. They try and dominate the ball, they try and overrun you, um, and I just think that they won't be able to do it to the masters. Um, so although I do think Palace will have a good season, a decent season, um, this one uh, Liverpool looking very strong. I can't see anything other than a Liverpool win. Yeah, yeah. Um, City Southampton. Five nil. Oh yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I was going four nil. <laughs> I was going four nil. I'm but, seeing a bit of a batter in here. I you know what? Be horrible. You know what? You, you know, Man Man City. There's just some teams who <laughs> just get beat five nil at at, at 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 their stadium, and and I think Southampton are are a team. I know Southampton will work hard. Um, they're not that. They're not very strong defensively. Um, Southampton, but Man Man City have. Since that Spurs game, and they've got a few players back, they're starting to get into their rhythm, and you know they've delivered a couple of fives already this season. Yeah, so, yeah. So I don't see any reason why why this will be any different. Um, yeah, I, can't, I mean, I'm looking at Southampton, maybe Armstrong to get a goal, um, but I just don't think Southampton have got enough bite, enough enough quality on the break to 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 really affect Manchester City. So I'm going to go five yeah. 0 yeah, yeah, I've got. Four, I'm going four 0 and I go Sterling with a couple of those. Sterling brace in that one. Mm. Um, yeah, Southampton are getting bashed. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't see anything. They pretty much wrong. Fair play to them, but nah, nah. That's, that's, that one's that one's a that one's a nice easy easy fixture. That one. Um, championship fixture um, <laughs> might as well be uh, for a pair of them. Norwich Watford. This is going to be an absolute snore fest. Um, uh, one one nil to uh, Watford. <laughs> it could go either way. That's yeah. how I see it. And I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pick Watford for the sake of it. Uh, could, as I say, could be either. Uh, this is gonna be the driest game. Hopefully, it's the last one they show on match of the day. Um, but yeah, what one nil Watford? I'm, I'm yeah. gonna go. For, I'm gonna go for a draw. Um, a draw. One one. One one. Um, I know Watford got a striker, Dennis. 
Uh, looks quite dangerous. I fancy Pookie to get a goal. We nearly got one against Arsenal. Um, but yeah, as you say, there's not really much to say about, about this game. I'd say 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Yeah, no, let's, yeah, we'll get get away from that quite quickly. Um, <laughs> and then the five thirty game um, on Sky, Villa. Villa against Villa, Villa against Everton. You going Everton. straight Villa, yeah? No, Everton. Oh right, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, Villa. No, I was, I was, I was like, telling wow. you the game. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. We so I'm, what Everton for this one? Yeah, I'm going to go Everton tight win two one. I think Ever- Everton have started the season well. Um, I don't think Villa look as strong at the back as they did last season. And that was a big foundation uh, um, for them when they were beating the bigger teams, especially. Um, I know they got Ings up top. And I will say, Ollie Watkins did look dangerous against um, Chelsea. Um, But I just think Everton are so um, well drilled. Um, They got that massive goal threat. Um, in Dominic Calvert-Lewin. What I will say is he was injured in the last game. If Calvert-Lewin is, an in, in, if Calvert-Lewin is injured, I'm going to go for a draw, 1-1. One, one. If Calvert-Lewin plays, I'll go for an Everton win. OK, OK. I'm still going at um, uh, Everton win. Is, I don't, is Martinez back? Are they allowed uh, to put the... I think, he's, I think he's back for this game. Yeah, he must have yeah. done his quarantine now. Yeah. I still go on Everton. I just think what Benitez is doing there, again, we're going to touch on Everton a little bit, but with Damari Gray and um, even Townsend, it's finding that new lease of life. He's got them playing in such a way. Um, I'm not knocking Villa. They've made some good signs, but I just think that they need to, they've brought these signings in to get the asset, you know, all the assets that Grealish had, the fact that they were to replace one man with about three or four players. But I think they still need a little bit of time to really, really click for it to, to go and I think Everton have just clicked that a little bit sooner um, so I, I'm, go, I'm going to go with them and I'm, I'm going to go actually 2-1 two, uh, two um, Everton for me I just I just think they'll they'll, they'll do the business um, this one going on to Sunday's games I don't see much um, to, sort of to, to, to choose from on this one I think we'll, we'll go Leicester will, will demolish Brighton I think um, I'm going to go three three nil for the for the first game on Sunday. Leicester Brighton. Do you see any different? I'm going to go for a draw in that game. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go for a draw in that game. Uh, Brighton Brighton do all right at home. Um, they're generally all right defensively at home. Um, Leicester haven't quite got up to to speed yet this season. Uh, they're sort of a little bit hit and miss. Um, they have played Manchester City, though, know, but they're a little bit hit and miss. So I just think Brighton coming off a win, um, go into that game full of confidence, and I think that they get a goal, and then um, yeah, and then Leicester draw level. I'm going to go for a draw in that one. Okay, okay, I like that you've gone with a play by player. That's going to go. <laughs> um, I think this will be a good game. I think this will be a very, very good game. Uh, West Ham, Man United. Um, Man United got points proved to be fair, but I can see a West Ham upset. Um, <laughs> and I honestly think it's going to be quite a late one, but I'm going 2 1 West Ham. Uh, you, uh, you you think this is probably going to be a clearer, clearer cut with United? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be 3 1 United. West Ham, uh, Mikel Antonio, obviously suspended. But um, I, I think that 
if Manchester United are going to win the title or are going to be in a sh- with a shout of winning the title, they will know that these games are games that they sort of have to win. Um, I think Manchester City, I think Chelsea, um, they go to they go to West Ham and they get a result, even with West Ham playing well. And I think that's this is the this is the test for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doing well in these games. He normally does well in the games against the top six. Um, so it's these games for Manchester United. So I'm going to go for a three-one Manchester United win. Ronaldo to score. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think they I think they they win this one quite quite not comfortably, but they win this one. And then what Lingard joins afterwards. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why he went back to Man U. Strange. Yeah, mate. Yeah, Strange. Bit of, a, bit of a mad one. Bit of a mad one. Um, big game though. Um, for Super Sunday, Spurs against Chelsea. Obviously, a big, big rivalry there. Um, could be. This could be an interesting one. But I think I know where you'll probably go. But where, 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 you, where are you going? Are you gonna, is it going to be a, a, a blue day or a white day? Uh, blue day definitely yeah. <laughs> Chel- honestly Chelsea at the moment just looks so powerful he changed eight players against Villa and they absolutely swept the floor with them yeah mental um, and I just think that Chelsea have got so much options and whatever way that Spurs decide to play whether they switch it to a three at the back whether they go with a four three three like they've been playing I just think that Chelsea would just have too much power for them just too much power for them to deal with. Um, I'll go Chelsea win and I'll go 2-0 as well, clean sheet. Yeah, I, I just I just don't see Spurs getting involved. The way they're playing at the moment, it, it's stale. It looks stale. Yeah, it's not, they haven't got any other, they haven't got any ideas. Watching them against Palace was at, was frightening. It was like they've gone backwards. They've gone, they look like pre-Poch days. <laughs> you know, they just weren't anywhere near where they needed to be, and it it seems to be they can deal with things without Kane, but they can't handle it without Son. Mm. I, I actually think they miss Son more than they miss Harry Kane, and it makes me think, why didn't you sell him? Because I think you could have had, you could have got in such a, you could have created such a better squad. Mm. Um, what what they had, and then eight, and in some places, some aging and aging, you know, Dyer, Loris, you know, that sort of Harry Winks. Nah, come on, take the money. What was they saying 150 was on there? Could have could have got some really some good good quality um, to 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 replace replace those players as well. But um, yeah, Chelsea are are frightening the way they're playing. Like you said, just the squad. That they've got, and he seems to be keeping certain people happy that aren't even playing. You know, um, mm. seems to be a real buzz around there. And like you said, Lukaku is just taking them to a different level. And I think, I think he bullies that back line. Um, you know, come Sunday, um, and yeah, I'm going to go three 0 Chelsea. Mm. Do you know, know what I will say? Comfortable. Do you well, know what I will say? Um, Nuno Espirito Santo won his first three games. Yeah. And they were top of the league. And they lost this game. And I immediately thought, 
he's if he loses two more, he's gone. If he loses two or three more, if he loses to Chelsea, and then who have they got? And then he loses to Arsenal. Yeah, the following game. In trouble. The pressure on his job will be insane. I can see, like, I always thought, yeah, Chelsea, uh, Spurs brought him in because he will be an easy manager to get rid of if a better manager becomes available. Mm. And I think that if he loses these next two games, there's going to be immense pressure on him. Immense pressure on him. Going into the going into the sort of Octobers and Novembers, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. And if he's down mid-table, bottom off, I could see them making a change. This was such a... This, this managerial appointment was such an appointment to give Spurs flexibility. It's unbelievable. The more I look at it, the more I see it. You know, they didn't really sign any of his players that he really wanted. I think they signed players that they were going to sign anyway. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's just yeah. like, you're looking around and you're thinking, well, what's going to happen if they lose their next two games? Kane ain't scoring. If Kane ain't happy at Christmas, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things at Spurs that are on a knife edge, shall we say. Mm. And he needs to find yeah. a formula very quickly. Very quickly to 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 keep his job, and that's mad saying this five six games into the season. But I just feel like you're not like normally him, like that as well. You're not exactly. normally like that as well. But you're but 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 no no I'm behind him. But I'm just looking at the whole picture, right? And I think they spent the whole summer on that Kane saga, took the ball off of maybe strengthening the squad where they probably didn't know what budget they were going to get. He hasn't really got any of his players that he wanted because there's not play. He obviously wanted the Dharma Traore, didn't get him, you know. Mm. And I just think that I look at it and I think the way they lost to Palace, if they lose then to Chelsea heavily, they lose the North London derby, it's just there's so much pressure on him. Like, it, 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 I just feel like he's such a throwaway manager to them and he needs to get a rhythm very quickly. To keep mm. his job, that's 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 what I say because yeah, I can see that one coming. Yeah, definitely, definitely. One other manager that I'm not saying is pressure there, but it was obviously a surprising result was was Ollie. I think Ollie st- <laughs> can't catch a break. He does well, you know. He finished what second in the league last year, but they haven't won anything for was it four seasons now? Is it four years? Maybe they haven't won any, haven't won a trophy. Um, do you? Do you think it was just an unfortunate blip, you know, a little mistake from from Jesse Lingard for that young boys? Would do? do you just, do you think there's always just going to be a question mark over Ollie? There always does actually win something. There'll there'll always be a question mark over him, and every result like this will will bring up something like that. But the thing is, is when the pressure's on Ollie, he, 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 his team will just deliver five wins on the bounce. That's what always happens, you know. When there's pressure, when there's question marks, they just go and get a big win. Or they go and deliver a few wins on the bounce, and that's what he's had over the last few years. What I will say to Ollie is that I said it, I've said it before as well, is that this season he doesn't really have an excuse. There's four, there's four trophies to win. He has to win one of them. Um, I saw some damning statistics that he's lost seven of his eleven Champions League games that he's been in charge of. And I think although I'm a supporter of him, this adds 
this adds to the narrative that you know he struggles in the bigger games. I mean, in 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 the Champions League, if you get a player sent off, it doesn't matter who you're playing. They're all decent teams, even if you're playing Zenit St. Petersburg or Porto or whatever. Especially away, it's still a very difficult place to go and get a result mm. with ten men. Um, I think. Another thing about having 10 men as well is, and having Ronaldo as your front man, is that he's not going to run into those channels. So it sort of hamstrings you into into maybe you have to still build up the play. Whereas, you know, if that happens normally, you would just maybe put a striker on like a, a Martial that will run the channels or Greenwood that will run after everything. And I just think that Holly uh, was a bit hamstrung in terms of he had to keep Ronaldo on and make it work with Ronaldo on. Obviously, he's a goal threat. I just think that when you're down to 10 men especially, you need a sort of Mikel Antonio type or, or, uh, or uh, you know, that, that sort of type of striker, Mane, that would just run the channels and go and get you loose balls and get you up the pitch. And I just think Ronaldo's not really that sort of player and he hasn't really got it anymore to do that. He's a very, very much a, a poacher. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's a mistake by Lingard, a very obvious mistake, you know, but Manchester United in the second half didn't have a shot on target and they were very, they were struggling in the middle. Um, so I just think that, I think that Oli needs, to, Oli needs to win a title this season. He needs to, he needs to find a way to get to the last stage of the Champions League as well. Um, as well as challenge for the league. He needs to challenge on all fronts or he may have some some serious problems come the mid mid to end of the season. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, listen, I think he's all right. I, I, he, he's got some great players in there. I just think he, he really, really has no excuse now. I think um, they have to, they do have to win something it's as simple as that this year. I, I don't think there's any knocking what he's done. He's got him in a good place. There's a lot of people that would like to be in his position and probably like. Not say they would like Oli, but you know, like that he to be in the position United are in anyway. Um, so yeah, I'm not knocking it, but he does need to win sight now, unless uh, not 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 to not to prove himself. I just think for for United to get off his, you know, everyone get off his back a little bit. United fans are screaming out for a trophy. They're not going to accept maybe what we had at Arsenal, where we were consistently in the top four. I don't think they're going to. They're going to settle for that. They're going to want a trophy, you know, at the end of it. And to be honest, with the players and the money that's been spent, and I don't care what anyone says, you can say about how much Arsenal have actually actually spent on, on transfers, but when you're paying 400, 500, 300 grand salaries, the actual money that's being spent long haul is huge. So they have to come up with something. Um, and Ollie's name is is attached to to those, even though he's not part of those negotiations. His name is attached to those, so they're going to have to win something. Uh, be patient with it, but I think that this season is 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 the one, and I think he's got to take every cup competition seriously. Go in strong with the Carabao Cup. Go in strong FA Cup. Just do it. Get the trophy. Settle that quite quickly and then go for the go and build on to, to the next thing. And, and I, I, I think I think that's the case with all top four managers. They've all got to take every competition seriously because there's only four competitions to win, one of them being the Champions League with a PSG team in there and 
a body for career. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, for real, that's definitely so. Yeah, it's got to, it's it's definitely got to, got to be done. But I think two, two teams we wanted to talk about um, who are on the on the hot spot is uh, Crystal Palace and Everton. Um, we, what, what have you been impressed um, with so far between the, the, the two clubs, Mo? And um, you know, how far do you see them see them both going? Um, so for me, Crystal Palace, they had a big rebuild to do. Last time they tried to, you know, change the manager, change the style of play. They, um, you know, they come up short with, well, very short with um, with the ball, you know. But what I like about what Patrick Vieira's done. He had a massive rebuild job, a huge rebuild job. Um, and I said, this was the window to do it. There was a lots of loans, lots of transfers about, lots of cheap players. He's gone out and he's done well. He's invested well. He's got the type of player he wants. But what the good thing he's done with Palace is he hasn't tried to change them too quickly. So they're still playing the same sort of way that they played last season, but with the ball. So a lot of, you know, a lot of running, um, counter-attacking at pace. They're still doing all of these things, but they're doing it with more ball possession. So they're looking like a better team. Mm. And and he's slowly changing the way that they play. But it's not sort of a shock to the system where I think, oh, Palace will be in trouble. Um, you know, they, they they haven't, points-wise, what have they on? I think they're on four, they're three or four. They're on five points. So he, he's, he's got he's got his win, obviously, against Spurs, battered them at the weekend. And he's got a couple of draws. And I don't think that's a bad return for his first four games. Yeah. And I think yeah. Palace fans will be happy with that, for sure. Where do you, this season, where do you see them ending up? Comfortable table. I think there's a lot of teams mid-table. worse than them. Yeah, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich... Watford, um, possibly Wolves, Brentford, um, Brighton. I think they've got a they've got a big chance of finishing mid table, maybe even creeping into the top half of the table, all depending on how sort of Edward continues. You say he's gonna get, you know, 10, 12, 14, 15 Prem goals. And if that's the case, with your Zahas and your IUs and your Gallagher's uh, chipping in, there's every chance they can finish sort of just creep into the top half. Yeah. Yeah, and and Everton. Everton for me are a big, big shout for top six, and I say this because they've got players. You know, they finished. Where did they finish last season? Was it tenth or ninth? Yeah, I think they were just literally on the boards of mid table. Right. So, Damari Gray's got off to a fantastic start. Although I'm underwhelmed with the Townsend signing, he's getting them a few goals. But the main thing for me is Rafa Benitez's ability to get points with average teams makes me believe that with a team with the amount of quality that Everton have got, he could deliver something above what everyone's expecting. Mm. They're very solid. Um, they've got a great midfield base, Alan and Decore. Um, James Rodriguez isn't playing, but he's still on their books. Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison give you, you know, 50, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's 15-goal-a-season Premier League striker at the moment. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that that is enough to get you into the top five, six. Um, they're looking so much more solid defensively. And a big thing for Everton last season was their home form. They couldn't pick up results, especially against the smaller teams at home. 
And I think that's one of Rafa Benitez's strengths, home form. When you look at Newcastle and how he kept them up, um, you're looking at really good home form. And I think if Everton can change that around and deliver some of the away results that they did last season, mathematically it puts them up the table. So mm. I think they're a big shout for the top five, six, um, especially looking at their early season four. Yeah, listen, I, it's a difficult one uh, with, with to, to say top six because when I look at the, the two Manchester sides, Chelsea, Liverpool, that's your four. You're then looking at Leicester, Spurs. You mentioned Everton in there. I'd like to think Arsenal go on a bit of a run to at least try and be in the conversation um, as well. Villa is a hit and miss, I suppose. But, yeah, I think Everton will be in conversation. I don't think they're quite there yet to be to, to, to make top six. I think they'll be in a bit of a conversation, but I, I, I don't think they'll they'll get it done this season. Do you, uh, not, do you not think the, the Rafa Benitez factor adds something to them? It does, it does. I just think that, I just think not now. I think that he needs probably another transfer window. Because I think people will buy into it that little bit more. I think it was still a question mark. I'm not on Rafa, but just the whole project. I think they've got some great players there, and I think if players can look at the development of you know, as I say, your Damari, your Damari Grays, what he's still getting out of Townsend, I think that they'll need another summer transfer window. And if they back, you know, I'm not saying they didn't back him, but they'll back him again, maybe with a little bit extra. And he'll spend he'll spend it right. I think maybe not this season. Next season is the is the big push um, for me. But it's been great watching uh, Rafa back in and and again just sort of again proving people um, wrong that maybe thinking he was he was done because he's still he's still delivering. Um, Palace again hearing a bit of a buzz. You know we're from around around that area. You're hearing a bit more of a buzz from the local fans as well, and they're enjoying them watching their football. And, you know, you're talking about your Gallagher's and can they start to attract those players again to actually, you know, this is a good move for, for them um, to, to, you know, to go to Palace, whether it is on loan or down the line, you know, on a, on a permanent permanent move. And it's quite nice to see Vieira sort of having a bit of early success because I think he his early start at uh, Nice, you know, didn't go didn't go too well. And you, you're wondering whether he's just going to still trying to live off his name a little bit and was he deserving of these roles but I think this is a perfect job for him I think everyone's loving a big name sort of a big name manager being involved down at, at Palace as well so um, good luck basically and I, I hope that they they can sort of build on, on from a mid-table position and hopefully again we, we see some different different teams in, in, in amongst it but um Good luck to Palace. I think they'll they'll be there. I hope they get a good cup run. I think that's what they need, Palace. A good cup run. In, in whether it's a League Cup or FA Cup, something like that. Just a good cup run. Um, and yeah, Everton, great. And I think they're doing well with, with Calvert-Lewin being out injured as well at the moment. If they can get him back in uh, sooner rather than later, I think that's going to be a a big factor, Mo, on, on them challenging for the top six as, as you think they are. I think they're going to need the, to stay injury free of, of someone like Richarlison and, and Calvert-Lewin they're going to need to play majority of the games um, 
Is there any other teams that maybe stand out to you that you, we should be looking out for to, to sort of get in there or someone that you may be worrying about? Do you, do you think Leicester will be comfortable in the, in the top six this year? I don't, think, I don't think they'll be comfortable. I think the top six is going to be, there's going to be a, a few teams in there. You know, Spurs, if, if they can come back. Um, I think Everton are in there. Leicester, Arsenal. I think uh, West Ham, with Europe, it could be a little bit of a big ask for them. Mm. But, and I also think they probably should have signed another striker, but, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. So I think there'll be three or four teams battling out for that next level below um, the top four. Mm. So, okay. yeah. No, fair news, fair news. Fair well, listen, we, we've gone through some some great topics there. We've talked about, obviously, the, the, the games for, for the week. It'd be interesting to see if, uh, what sort of bets you might put up and we'll see if uh, um, our, our typical bookie and uh, bet, bet guru is Aaron White. See if he might put a little a little thing for you to follow on, on, on Twitter uh, based on what we've had to say and obviously his opinions. Um, and let's see if our, our uh, predictions actually come come through. We need to really keep an eye on this, Mo. I want to see how good we actually are at these predictions or whether we should just, just scrap it before people go, these guys have no idea what they're on about. Um, <laughs> so we'll definitely keep an eye on it for, for this week. And then we'll be back for, for next week to tune in. So tune in, see how we got on, and uh, let's, let's see what happens this weekend. But that's been another episode of Playing Out From The Back. Cheers, mate. Nice one. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.